Hey girls, let's get 2024 off to a great start. I'm bringing back the program that sparked it all. Pruning to Prosper didn't start as a podcast. It started as an idea, an idea to help women clear the stuff that is preventing them from being the woman God is calling them to be. Beginning January 14th, we embark on a six-week journey of faith-based, inspired action to get your heart, home, and wallet in line with God's plan for you. And guess what? It's not at 5 a.m. Yay! Join me every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the weekly prayer, lesson, discussion, and one-to-one coaching. And Wednesday evenings from 8 to 9 p.m. for accountability, questions, motivation, and more coaching. Even better than the relevant topics is the tribe of like-minded women you will meet. I have met the greatest women through this podcast and these programs, and you will too. Click the link in the show notes to sign up. The Zoom link will be emailed one week ahead of time. I hope to see you there. Now let's get to today's podcast episode. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain apart. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is well that we are here. If you wish, I will make three booths here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Printing to Prosper. I'm your host, Gina Morton, and that was about half of the Bible passage about the transfiguration of Jesus. And this has always been a passage that has kind of confused me, and I heard a really good homily about it one time that clarified it much better than anything I had ever read or heard before. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church, I think, does a really good job in summarizing the transfiguration in this way. It says, Christ's transfiguration aims at strengthening the apostle's faith in anticipation of his passion. Okay, so let's back up a little bit in the book of Matthew. Um, What I just read was from chapter 17, but if you go back to chapter 16, verses 21 through 23, That's when Jesus foretells his death and resurrection, and Peter famously says, I'll read it to you, Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you are a hindrance to me, for you are not on the side of God, but of men. And I think that you can Okay, so why does Jesus say, get behind me, Satan? Because Satan is this the god of this world. He is the god of worldly things. And as we talked about in last week's episode, when Jesus went out into the wilderness to pray, he was tempted by, by Satan. And what was he tempted with? Earthly things, worldly things. Satan is a one-trick pony. And that's really all he's got that he can hold over us is he can promise us these worldly things. And probably every single worry or stress you have in your life is because of worldly things that you're worried about. So Jesus is is referring to 
Peter as Satan because he's like, you're not looking at the big picture. You're looking at the worldly things. Peter's looking at his friend Jesus that he doesn't want to see suffer. And so he's just seeing this like very short-sighted um, journey, okay? Whereas Jesus is like, there's this whole other mission that is God's, okay? So you can think of Satan and your stresses and your worries as these little things on the grand scheme of all the abundance that God has for us out there. And so then Jesus takes Peter and James and John up the mountain, which is symbolic of Calvary, and he gives them this glimpse of his glory and his power. And God comes and he says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased, right? So he's giving them this glimpse of the cloud is the Holy Spirit, the voice of God, and Jesus standing before you as the son of man. Okay, so they're getting a glimpse of the Trinity, foreshadowing of the resurrection. And that's what Jesus is trying to show his, his intimate group of friends, Peter, James, and John. This is what's to come. And so then what does Peter do again? He says, it is well that we are here. Wait, I got to read the exact line. Lord, it is well that we are here. If you wish, I will make three booths here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You know why? Because Peter, again, is like, okay, this is good. Let's just stay here. Okay, like everything is, is good right here. And, and Jesus is like, no, <laughs> we're not. We're going to go down the mountain. And you know why? Because us being up on that mountain on the, with the transfiguration, okay? A priest once described it to me, because I've, I've questioned this for many, many years. What is this about, right? And the priest described it to me as the Olympics, that you train, train, and train, and train, and you get to the Olympics. And that's the, the pinnacle of it all, right? But the, the Olympics wouldn't be special if it was every single day. Christmas wouldn't be special if it was every single day, right? So you have to come down the mountain. It's like back to reality. And it would, it would be the equivalent to, of, I always think about when I'm fresh out of confession, right? You come out of confession, you're, you hit the kneeler, you do your, your penance, and you're like, everything's cool. Like Even if your kids are in the pew next to you, you just look at them and you think, oh, look at these beautiful children. Yes, they're eating Cheerios from three three Sundays ago that they found on the floor, but aren't they just wonderful children? I wish we could just stay right here where mommy's calm and free of sin. Or if you've ever gone to a women's retreat and you just feel that love and support from all the women at the retreat and you just think, oh, I could just be such a great mom if I just always had this calm and feeling. If I could just take this home with me, I'll be the perfect mom, right? I'll, I'll be the blessed mother to my children. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is, is showing them this glimpse of the bigger picture, but he's also told them about what he will have to go through in Jerusalem, the passion. And so he's giving them this glimpse to strengthen their faith. But he's also saying, your faith is strengthened because there's a lot of work to do. You got to go down there. And after I ascend into heaven, there's work to do. I'm going to send you a helper, but there's work to do. We need boots on the ground. And that's you. That's you. Anything that is stressing you out right now, you can 
look at that as worldly problems. And the only way you're going to turn it around is to remember that there is a much bigger picture out there that God has in store for you. He has a life of abundance in store for you. But you got to let go of these worldly things. As we move into December, I want to start talking about stewardship. So I want you guys to start thinking about everything you have as a gift from God. And when we hold on to that, you know, you've seen that image of the kid with the teddy bear holding it so tight and you don't want to let it go. But God has like this huge teddy bear behind his back and he's willing to trade you for it. But you got to release what you're holding on to here, right? And it's not going to be easy, but we're not called to do easy things. But there's a greater reward for us if we manage what we are given here for this time. Get up, take up your cross, and get to work. I will see you on Saturday for a five-minute declutter with me. Also, don't forget, if you like talking about these things and scripture in your real life and what you're called to do with what you've been given to manage, I would encourage you to sign up for the six-week course that's beginning in January. The sign-up is in the show notes, and I would love to see you there. As always, you were in my prayers. Take care.